welcome to another episode of... Kiefer. I barely knew her. The podcast where we watch a movie, get really high, and then dive in to get those realizations. And as always, we're joined by my lovely bee. Oh, hey, man. And my wonderful husband, Chris. How's it going? And uh, tonight we watched The Meg 2. <laughs> Which is what you have to do after you watch The Meg. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this one, though, I feel kind of figured itself out. Yeah, so uh, what are you excited to talk about? I'm really excited to talk about DJ's character as a whole. Yeah. He's kind of sort of fucking awesome throughout this entire movie. Yeah, he's, you just root for him the whole fucking way. (laughs) He's killing it, man. How about you, B? What are you excited to talk about? I'm excited to talk about the fact that I'm excited to talk about this movie. (laughs) Uh... If you listen to our episode on The Meg, well, you might not have. Because if you watch the movie The Meg, you, that might be all you wanted to do. <laughs> you just move on with your You've life. You've already invested too much. But now, this is, we've got stuff to talk about. Yeah, we definitely went into watching this the first time apprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> A little uh, nervous. <laughs> Very much so. Um, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and smoke up and get our brain juices flowing. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to do whatever you need to do to get to where we're about to get. We will see you there. And we're back. And we're high. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So, B, where did the story take you? (laughs) Honestly, I got to say, I'm just happy to be excited to talk about this. Um, the Meg one was pretty vanilla. I mean, it was it was fine to have kind of on in the background. Yeah, it um, was definitely... There's some murder, but no gore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, it took itself seriously. It I'll did. say that. It... Um, it gave us more complex antagonists. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it just was awesome. I definitely enjoyed this one a lot more than the first mm. one. It felt like it sort of found its stride. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I, I will say it's still pretty vanilla um, in terms of murder. But they continued the PG-13 rating. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... Just consider the sticking power of Statham franchises. This could really become something. And uh, now that they've found their stride, it's like, thank God. You know? <laughs> We've got a chance. <laughs> These may be enjoyable. Even going. if they're still for kids. Yeah. But, I mean, even the the people who made it from the previous movie to the sequel... I feel grew as characters. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, <laughs> I love all of the characters, but the one I love the most is DJ. Yes. <laughs> he just was the best. He was amazing. He was such a badass. He did exactly what you're supposed to do when you've gone through an experience like that. Right. He did what characters in sequels should be doing. They should And they be- never do. They just Except get into the same bullshit again. The only one but, who did, he is essentially 
uh, what's her name from Terminator? And I feel like such an ass for saying what's her name. Sarah from Connor. Her? Sarah Connor. Yeah. Well, he's the Sarah Connor of this generation. Like you know, started out as this dude who was not ready for the situation mm-hmm. that he was thrown into, <laughs> got put into a mindset like this could happen again. And then he gets called back to do the same fucking job. He's like, yeah, no, I am not going in there as unprepared as before. Sarah Connored the fuck up. That is amazing. Because that's exactly what we were talking about uh, earlier. About (laughs) this falling under the category of sequels that are better than the the first one. Oh my god, yes. And Terminator 2 is one of the other movies. And maybe that's what it is, is the... The growth of that character and understanding of what what's needed from them <laughs> makes a big difference. So, <laughs> so does. <laughs> God, in that scene where <laughs> DJ yells, <laughs> and who said a fifty caliber was an impractical round? <laughs> I mean, dude learned to swim, fight, uh, shoot, shoot. <laughs> He had a fucking survival bag, and also, can mm-hmm. we discuss how stylish it was? Right? That shit was legit. It was it like nice. Louis Vuitton or, or something along yeah. those lines. It's that was uh, kind of breaking the mold. It's usually some shitty duffel bag that's yeah. got all scuffed mm-hmm. up and just looks like shit, and he's walking around with this Louis Vuitton nice bag, bag, leather. But you know just... what? He dresses nice. And if he's going to have his survival bag, which he needs on him, absolutely, it's got to look good, too. You can't bring some, you know, shitty nylon back, <laughs> kid's backpack with right, Winnie like the a Pooh spring. on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't know. Uh, John Malkovich in red using the pig to transport the grenade oh, launcher. That yeah. was pretty sick. That was, yeah. <laughs> Unexpectedly fun. Um, I, I do want to say I did not give DJ enough credit from the first movie. So I, I said that Jason Statham was the, um, the funny one or comedy, comic relief, but it was DJ. He had some lines that made me actually laugh out loud. He's a funny guy. Um, (laughs) so I, I just need to give him credit here. He does do a great job. Some of the lines that he dropped, just the one-liners that he throws out throughout the movie are yeah. just amazing. Um, just zingers. But <laughs> Some of them. If we're going to talk about DJ, we have to talk about the fact that DJ wrote a song for the movie, which is uh, just a whole thing that we've been... Uh... We've been making fun of made-for-movie music. And talking about how it was kind of just living in the 80s and kind of died out in the 90s. But, like, the mullet, it's coming back. It's, yeah. I think we're seeing it everywhere now. It's pretty disturbing. But that makes it similar to Deep Blue Sea in another way. Oh, man. Because LL Cool J wrote a song for <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. And I know a lyric is hand like a shark fin. Um, I don't know the rest. So, yeah, so they've got that, but they've also got a Samuel Jackson moment. They do. Jess. Yeah. Sitting there talking about how the window is Meg-proof. And and we need uh, to get some positive PR on this or something. Just get Samuel Jackson the fuck out of there. Right? (laughs) God, that was insane. Shark barely fit through that hole. Yeah. But, yeah. But it knew. 
it knew it could just get enough in there to get her. <laughs> oh, man. So that's whatever you were talking about for you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was uh, really interesting to kind of think about what the gene pool looked like after the first movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, so at most, mm-hmm. there were four Megs. Yeah. And then Three. two died and one was born <laughs> in the last movie. So we took two steps back and one step forward. So that leaves three Megs left alive in the gene pool. I'm confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, um. So I was just like wondering what is going to happen to the gene pool as it continues to shrink? You know, is it going to, like, devolve? Like, <laughs> start to get smaller yeah. and, like, creepy? <laughs> you know, like, because it's so it's inbred? <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah, inbred sharks. I hadn't thought about that. Is that how but... you get five-headed shark? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm just wondering. That's, that's possible. Where does this go? But... All the nuclear waste... Jason Statham was trying to stop getting thrown down into the general area that <laughs> that was all <laughs> happening. You know what I mean? There's just <laughs> so much opportunity for real bad genetics, and then you get five-headed mm-hmm. shark. And you get sand shark. Sand shark. Coast shark. And... and then, with climate change, you get Sharknado, and mm-hmm. everything is fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, God, imagine a... I don't think a tornado could pick up a megalodon, though. That's fair. Could a hurricane? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, some of these superstorms right. that might end up happening because the water's so warm, mm. I could, uh, <laughs> could create a new class of storm. No, I'm not, I'm not joking. <laughs> this is... I know, I just... Get away from the coast if you can! <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe! Oh, man. <laughs> like... California's not going to have to break off. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Lex Luthor had the right idea. Superman 2, I think. I don't know. I don't remember which one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to cut all of this. This is ridiculous. Okay. I've been stuck on what you said about the Megalodon, that it stopped evolving because it could just do whatever the fuck it wants. And I didn't even think about the fact that, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. That's why alligators still look were, the same. If you were never challenged anymore in any way, things were just going fine, yeah. you're not going to evolve. You don't need well, like, to What adjust. ends up happening is you get to this point where the primary thing in the gene pool is the exact same thing. <laughs> so then that's yeah. all that's breeding mm-hmm. is that one thing. So then it just stops changing. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah, this is we perfect. Made it. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're done, guys. Well done. Well done. All around. <laughs> really want to thank everybody for the hard work <laughs> they did. It's interesting to think about what happens to the gene pool when there's like three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good things. No, no, it's it's really hard to to bring the population back up when you get down to that number. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just not healthy. Yeah. Uh, Jiao Ming, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. I think it's Jiao Ming, but uh, it's kind of so it's weird because mm-hmm. 
I, his character is this badass who really pulls off some really fucking insane shit throughout the movie. You know, between the bomb with the giant octopus oh, yeah. to uh, everything with the helicopter, setting those things on fire, mm-hmm. running, jumping over, climbing into the helicopter. Down, uh, down in the trench when he turned the lights on to attract the sharks. Yeah. And... I mean, doing all of these different things, like this badassery, mm-hmm. left, right, and center. And, but he's also got that, cocky frat boy attitude with a lot of things and you just wonder it's like are you just fucking lucky and athletic yeah what is happening here this none of this you should don't work seem out to appreciate <laughs> right? gifts here. you seem to be taking a lot of things for granted yeah <laughs> and you're putting yourself in a lot more danger than you need to be because you're oh like i mean i did it before but you know, that's kind of that personality type. I don't know if it's just in movies where it's a CEO of a company who's a thrill seeker, doesn't listen to anybody. They're always right. <laughs> everything's fine. And Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he fits that stereotype to, to a T. <laughs> <laughs> like even the story that he talks about from his dad, you know, just oh, yeah. breaking away from that. I've had to be my own man. <laughs> You know, just make it on his own and just, yeah. (laughs) That whole spare me your life story situation. (laughs) Yeah, it was just ridiculous. There were so many situations where he was just super cocky. Anybody who acts like this, I want them to fail. But you, like, make it, dude. That's a charm. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about it. I don't know. It's... uh, Maybe it was... I mean, he's cocky, but he doesn't rub it in your face. Just... Yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. It gives him a uh, charismatic aspect because it's kind of a goofy cocky. Yeah, that he it's has. um, it's kind of a, a light modesty. <laughs> it's he's like an anime character. <laughs> Bash the stampede kind of situation, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but if we want to talk about stereotypes. <laughs> Jason Statham lives up to his stereotype. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a ton of screen time with him, but every moment he his brow is fully furrowed. Fully. And he is in action mode. You can tell by the nostrils. He's gone full Statham. A bit flared. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh, we were talking about this. We actually I looked it up to confirm it. Jason Statham did all of his. Uh, jet ski scenes on his own. There was no stunt double. They went out, they put a camera on his jet ski, they put a boat out there with him to give him waves, and that was it. God, so he just yeah, that you was know, it. jumped the shark, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> as it were. Well, the big wave, obviously. Was well, yeah, CGI, no. But, but no, the... the um, barrel roll? Yeah, the barrel roll was just him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Of course he knows how to do that. <laughs> of course. That's son of Christ. a bitch. Right? He's so Jason Statham-y. So Jason Statham-y. <laughs> the most Jason statham Those bombs that he was throwing at the sharks. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, blew up that one, <laughs> and then he stabbed that one through the brain. That was pretty cool. It was. It was, uh, I mean, it's not the most believable situation, <laughs> but 
I do want to give me. I no, really but, hope that it could happen. <laughs> I mean, I really think it could possibly happen. I don't think that he would have been able to really hold it up the way that he did. Oh no, he he um, dead. He would totally be dead. He wouldn't sure. have walked away from that situation, but he would have but likely have killed the shark. He would have yeah. killed the shark. Um, but I wanted to say that they made it believable. The very opening scene they show. One of those megalodons attacking mm-hmm. a Tyrannosaurus Rex on the beach. Oh, right. Because you would think, no, that shark's not going to That's not going to jump up on him. that little island to try to get some tiny That's dude. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense Why at all. Why jump on a bunch of rocks? But our introduction to the shark in this movie, it shows mm-hmm. it coming up on land mm-hmm. and attacking something. So they've it's already made it so that you That's don't have something to. something else. <laughs> <laughs> they've already made it so that you don't have to suspend your disbelief. So it's uh, well played yeah. to the writers of the movie. Well played. Yeah. I just want to step back a second. Um, so is a megalodon eating a T-Rex, eating one of those other things, some kind of Ter-Rexian? Oh, my God. Uh, like Turducken? <laughs> <laughs> like only fancy people have. Megalorexodon? Oh, oh what is your <laughs> shark? And Oh, there happens to be a T-Rex and a... Oh my god. What did you say? Megalorexodon. <laughs> and then whatever else that little <laughs> dude said, ate. Yeah. That's another thing inside the whole turducken situation. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a pretty interesting mm-hmm. situation. Like, if mm-hmm. then you just need Jason Statham to come in and throw a bomb in its brain. Yeah. And then you, like it does. Like he does. Yeah. And then you put it in a solar oven, <laughs> cook it all up. Mm hmm. <sighs> take a long time yeah it takes quite cook, a while to try i mean to really cook through yeah it would take a long time well no but i was saying anyway what <laughs> the fuck are they gonna do with these megalodon carcasses right offshore <laughs> of this island right it's a resort island that shit's gonna ugh. the water's gonna get putrid there's for a while too much there there's a lot i mean it would be the, like just having a whale carcass laying around that's yeah not good. and the uh you know, whatever Do you remember when they tried to blow that it... one up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but, God. That was that was an interesting live television spot. But I don't actually remember it that much. I just... No? No, I don't remember, oh, like, watching. Whatever marine life uh, in that area, there's not enough to take down that carcass. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not necessarily going to draw enough in. And the currents are going to move it around. It's going to get beaten up against the rocks. Oh, just man. broken up into pieces. Stuff's going to start floating, getting and on the shore. <laughs> the gases your, will start building up. Your guests will touch it and bleed and get mad at you. Oh, my God. <laughs> People start getting sick. Mm, yeah. You know, I don't think the movie answers the question of what happens to that shark now. The one that's What's still this? alive? Yeah. It's a good her. question. I mean, they can track it, figure out. But they can't force her to go back into the facility. I can't see her. Right. And I mean, if you lure her in with her favorite <laughs> human. scientist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. And like, the only thing they could do is track her. That's it. Yeah. They can't make her go through that uh, cold spot. Mm-mm. They can't uh, do any of that with them. 
<laughs> they can't bring her back to that facility. She no. can already break out, which I uh, don't know how that works, but. Yeah, that seems like the, it shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't go down in one hit. Right. Uh, it should at least be a challenge for her. Yeah. The whole time she's, she's been Just in there out. thinking, I can leave anytime I want, guys. You don't even know. <laughs> I really want to try to eat this guy. <laughs> I want to give him a false sense of security. I'm going to really build mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. story up with him. But yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just, I feel like there is an extent to which you would be able to predict based on how big they are, mm-hmm. how much force they could put out, <laughs> or at least a good estimation, you know? Um, and then you would construct something to withstand that, or greater, by a decent amount. Why doesn't that happen? Why were they so... Just ill prepared. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> we're gonna megalodon. put some aluminum foil. Over <laughs> yeah, these. Uh, <laughs> but we're gonna like double thick. It's gonna be double thick aluminum yeah. foil, and we're gonna fold it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. the shark should not be able to break that. And if it tries to, it'll like cut it comically into <laughs> sections. because uh, it's just that sharp. But no, we're trick, we're clicker training it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going well. You we know, haven't died yet. We haven't had to bring the newspaper in very many times. <laughs> oh, God. But... I was like, how do you train a shark without negative reinforcement? I don't. It hasn't been. Okay, so it's been seven years that they've had this shark. Yeah. You really have been doing positive reinforcement this whole time? Because if you're using negative reinforcement and then you get in the water, it doesn't matter. And, and if it's big <laughs> enough to just swallow you? Yeah. yeah it it really remembers that matter. one time. <laughs> it remembers that one time. It always ends up that way. <laughs> when it did the wrong thing and you heard it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, your anti-predator device testing. <laughs> it is pretty crazy to think about somebody thinking that they could train a shark. I just feel like that is, uh... I feel like if it could be done, it'd be in Vegas already. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I understand that there are sharks that are out there that kind of recognize people. No, legitimately. No, no, I'm not not laughing at you. Um, You know the video of the two dudes from the 70s who go and see the lion yes. that they knew, and it runs up to them and hugs them. Yeah. And you don't know till the last second. I just pictured that with a shark. And it runs up to you and bites your leg off. Yes. Just straight up snatches your leg off. Well, you weren't using it. <laughs> I was swimming. Not well. Well, certainly not now. So I, I feel like we only scratched the surface. Of the multiple antagonists. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really ties into them finding their stride. The first movie, they'd really tried to make it all about the sharks. Yeah. But. Oh, no, a giant shark. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. There's only so much that you can do. And there's also only so many times you can show it just essentially strafing the ocean, swallowing people yeah. whole as it's swimming mm-hmm. through. Um, and. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Once or twice, but when mm-hmm. that's, every, like, we need you know, some more complexity. We need we need some complexity, but I think that that was probably budgetary <laughs> situations and whatever. 
That I call it bitching out. It's <laughs> blaming the tools. <laughs> but I feel like in this movie with the multiple antagonists that they were able to put together and the fact that it came from so many different directions, hmm. there always seemed to feel like there was a way out when it was versus a shark. Either you could get up mm. in the air or you could get on land. And then you were good. <laughs> You were fine. But in this movie, not only was there a human element coming after you, Mm -hmm. there was the shark element coming after you, and there was these, like, uh, amphibious fucking dudes going in and out of the water on land in the water attacking you. And the giant octopus. And the giant octopus. Yeah, I mean, it was just a frenzy, man. They were so... It was coming at you. The whole movie. The whole movie. It was coming at you from every direction. And there was nowhere was safe. And I no. think that's what the big difference is. I think that's kind of them finding their stride is nowhere was safe. Well, the entire second half of the movie is just action, nonstop yeah. action. There are rescues upon rescues upon rescues <laughs> upon rescues. There's no breathing time. It just keeps going. And honestly, I don't really mind that. <laughs> I don't mind it. it at all. Those are the, uh, those are the fun kinds. Um, fun, you know, fun. we know where we're at. Let's just ramp it up and, and see where we get. See where we go. I think uh, I do like that they are finding that in more action movies is the uh, you get your, your general story in there mm-hmm. and then give the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Give me enough inf- just enough information that I need to at make any the point. the story time. work. Yeah. But really heavy on action. Just just go. Everything in between. I think uh I think that there are a lot of movies that are finding out how to do this and I think there are a lot of movies that are trying to do this that are still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving living in this land of action comedy. Action thriller, action... You know, there's, like, these <laughs> sub-genres within action that are just, like, yeah. fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. We're living in wonderful times, B. But I think you could get even more granular than that. There's uh, Forced Out of Retirement <laughs> oh, yes. action. <laughs> oh, those are some of our um, new favorite movies. Yeah. It just... All the Nick Cage versions of it. Oh. I think he's done no three matter what recently. he did, he's forced out of retirement. Yeah, <laughs> legit. Cook forced out of retirement. CIA or an assassin forced out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Just let the man rest. Seriously, <laughs> he's worked long enough. <laughs> Have you not been entertained? <laughs> I mean, we just watched Con Air recently, so <laughs> it was better than I remembered. <laughs> yeah, Con Air was a, it was a good one. It was a good one. Ah, Steve Buscemi. There's, you know that I, I heard a story, like there's a, uh, a conspiracy theory that Steve Buscemi's character in Con Air is the same character from The Big Lebowski. What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> that would be crazy, right? He was kind of unhinged. Yeah, and if he decided he he wanted to live this life as the lackey of this group, was unhinged enough to make that happen, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh man! We got so far away from what you were talking about it was the antagonists. Oh, yeah. We talked a bit about 
the the sharks and yep, the, yep. all those things. The people. Yes. Um, Coming from all sides. Just yeah. Nothing is safe. <laughs> Not one thing. No, no. Um, I mean, yeah, it's dumb that they had the CEO woman or whatever out there because... <laughs> why why would she be there she would be somewhere safe but well, they had well, to kill like, her we had talked about yeah. the uh the way that she would have been doing like handling this situation because everything mm-hmm. was going to shit would be to be somewhere else absolutely to be seen very publicly doing something completely unrelated yep and Something positive for the community. Yes, <laughs> just creating as much separation from this whole situation yeah. as she possibly could. But we needed to see her die at the hands of these creatures. Yes, she was saying "fuck yeah. you" to the world yeah. and uh, the environment and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, mother the mother nature had to send a few of her minions to uh, <laughs> bestow some comeuppance. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, she made some dumb moves, so. She did. There you she go. She did. She was cocky, you know. There you go. She was cocky just like that other dude um, that was going after um, Jason Statham. Montez. Montez, yes. Yeah. She was cocky like Montez. Yeah, Mon- Montez was, was cocky, but I did appreciate that he was a multi-dimensional <laughs> bad guy. He was. He was. He was also very... Uh, multi-talented. Yeah, um, dude could work on a submarine. Worked a submarine, just was down in the bottom of the Knows ocean. Knows how to get himself back up in a case of an emergency. Right. How, how do you, you have to have thought of that in advance, you know? The ingenuity. Someday if I need to. Seriously. <laughs> that would work. How much you want to bet that's what he does mm-hmm. during all of his time, yeah. like, working on anything. He's like, okay, if something fucks up, how am mm-hmm. I going to get out of here? Yeah. What do I need to do to make sure that I have the time that I need? <laughs> there were so many situations in which he was just ready to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, was just incredibly, like, the, the ingenuity, the things that he came up with yeah. to get himself out of those situations were amazing. But I wanted to ask, I had this weird thought. Um, so anybody who's going down in that sub needs to know exactly how to fix anything in that sub. Yeah. That's kind of how, I mean, I assume astronauts know each other's jobs. They just have a focus. Yes. I would uh, I would assume the same. At least know different jobs to the extent well enough to make sure shit doesn't explode. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we'll never have personal spacecraft. <laughs> because we we can't trust that whoever has it has the ability to fix it if needed wherever they are. This is, I think, um, I would argue against that. Well, I, I want to put in a clarification okay. in case this, I think that possible flying cars, yeah. Yeah? yeah, because in a situation where they're here on our planet, they're most likely going to, be close by to someone or something that can fix them. Yeah. Whereas if you're taking spacecraft off planet, you could end up anywhere and you need to be able to take care of your shit. My question to you is, mm-hmm. as the technology continues to advance and becomes more and more simplified, 
-hmm. would it be in a similar situation as a personal computer? But there were people who were like, there's no way anybody's ever going to have a personal computer. And now everybody does. Well, they for sure said it, but I'm saying... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they did. They did, (laughs) yeah. yeah. But it's like, you think about (laughs) the simplification of technology and easily plug-and-play parts... But backup pieces, different so things like that. Picture what I'm picturing when okay. I say personal spacecraft. Spacecraft. George Jetson. Oh God. <laughs> the amount of energy required for something uh, like that. There's or, just nothing that would be able to generate it. I, I mean, I just one person in a spacecraft. Yeah. That's what I. I mean. I mean. I know his is more of a car, <laughs> but. But just one person in there, I think you need to know everything. Things. I don't know. The AI's writing papers. I could fly up spacecraft. I'm not saying that <laughs> rich people can't find a way to, to get, get some. It. And yes. Yeah. But this is not going to be a thing that is open or sold to the public on a regular basis. I wouldn't think so. They've only just. Said flying cars are okay. Like, <laughs> take that into consideration. Wait, what? Fucking 2024. There was only, like, one flying car has been approved. By what are you the talking AF. about? Because you're saying personal spacecraft. No, I'm asking you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't I'm, know I'm what I'm saying, news... like, we have only just gotten to the point that a flying car has been approved. I'm telling you, I don't know what news reference point you're making. I did not know that... Flying cars got approved. Oh, yeah. It just recently happened. There's one that was approved by... It, it's not even in production yet. Like, they just got approved that the technology was sound enough to be okay to fly. And I'm sure they had prototypes or whatever. But it's it's not in production yet, but it's like $300,000 for the flying car. And, uh, yeah. yeah. They don't even really know it works yet. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what kind of testing they did. Well, if you need to be able to mass produce it yeah. and for it to work. We've so seen until what's it goes through that Tesla, process, so. we don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, be sniffy about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long time until mm-hmm. personal spacecraft or a thing. But okay, all right. I think it could be a thing. But you're countering me. Yeah, I think it'll be a thing. Just by saying no. <laughs> do, do you have an argument? No, I, I my whole argument I, I said I was like you know they Wait. didn't say there's gonna be personal computers totally personal computers oh. now. <laughs> okay. I think that there's gonna be personal spacecraft at some point in the future. It's gonna be a long ass time because we've only just gotten flying cars, and it's 2024. <laughs> Fucking, what's it called? Marty McFly thought 2015 we were gonna have that shit, and uh, here we are. You know, Marty McFly didn't think it. Spielberg did. <laughs> Twenty fifteen. That was a steep deadline, man. Hey, you gotta put that pressure on. <laughs> Make a diamond. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's whatever you were talking about for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there was one other thing I wanted to um, point out that this that makes this movie better than yeah. the first one is that people aren't dying from just fucking around and making stupid mistakes. In the first one, you know, if you're splashing around like an idiot, you're going to get eaten. Or... Can you get that up? It's just going to happen. Yeah. That's what happens. But in this one, I mean... There's also a lot more working together, trying to save each other. Yeah. Everybody else, it was a very every Everybody man for yourself. Everybody was Jason Statham-ing. <laughs> Everybody was Jason Statham-ing. We're Mac trying Jason to. Statham'd all over that bitch. That was something you were talking about, too, <laughs> in this one that they did differently. Is like, nobody wasted the... Uh, time they were given. The time they were given yeah. by the people who I, were... Oh, that is such a... That's not even just a trend. That just always fucking happens. Always fucking happens. Whether it's a thriller, an action movie, yeah, a horror movie, some... any of those fucking movies where someone's like, I'll slow them down. And everybody yeah. just stands there and is like, but don't do it. You can still make it come with us. Oh, God, the killer's killing them. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Oh, no, they're chasing us again. We need to run. Yes, that's the point where they start moving. It is... Horrifying. It's like why did why uh, why did you waste the gifts you, know, you were given? Sometimes why? you need to consider maybe they need to die. <laughs> maybe we don't need this kind of ignorance. You know around. what? It's like it's Darwinism right there. Yeah, you know, it's... absolutely. Just empathy never wins. Yeah, but <laughs> but that's not a problem here. Nope, no sorry. No. Um, they. Kept yeah. the the action. Everything at the at the resort was fast, but kind of light yep. and and fun, but still a bit tense. But when they were underwater <laughs> and the person's running out of oxygen, and Jiang <laughs> Ming fucking gets thrown down, he's like, "All right, fuck it," and just starts running again. You know. She's running out of oxygen. The Meg's coming in. She throws him down, and he's like, "Okay, I'm out of here." <laughs> oh yeah. Just Sorry. Everything in that situation, it mm-hmm. was. You know what? You were at zero percent oxygen. Understand. We're four hundred yards away from where we're trying to get to. We There's still have a shark to decompress. <laughs> we still have to decompress. And then, yeah, you know, then these. Uh, there's just so many yeah. different situations in which mm-hmm. people did everything they could <laughs> to try to. Utilize the time they were given. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. B says, chef's kiss to that. <laughs> Why do I say that? I don't know. Chef's it's your kiss thing. is your thing. But this is your thing. But what? <laughs> chef's kiss is your thing. The you can say chef's, chef's kiss to it. You know, why are you declaring my chef's kiss? Because I am the chef's kiss master. <laughs> and all approvals must go through me. And I will not approve any but the one I just said. So when you request... <laughs> so we give out these Keefe bowl ratings for the movies that we uh, enjoy. And uh, for this movie, we decided on three Keefe bowls. Yeah, yeah. So it would take approximately three Kiwi Bulls to walk through DJ being awesome, Statham <laughs> being Statham, everyone else being Statham. <laughs> Everybody else trying to be Statham. Yeah. Joe uh, Ming being a badass. Maying is even a badass, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, good yeah. for her. Three Kiwi Bulls. Yeah. 
So thank you for joining us on another episode of Kiefer, I Barely Knew Her. And if you feel like we deserve it, please give us a like, subscribe, leave a comment. You can find us on Instagram at KieferIBKH or on our website at KieferIBKH.com. And as always, we have to give credit to Kevin McLeod for the music. Keep an eye out for future episodes on Tuesdays. And hopefully you'll come back to see where the story takes us. Mm-hmm.